is so good. Even in this moment right now. You know, whatever your 2020 looks like or has looked like up until this point, I think that it's so important that God's people know that God's favor is forever. It's always there. He is so very, very good. This is what I love about God. Recently, I've been on Instagram and I've been seeing a lot of the different memes um, about just where we are right now in 2020 and even looking back at 2019. And, and there's a specific kind of type of meme that has really just kind of stopped me and I've kind of just invested in it for a second and paused on it for a second. And it's the memes that talk about how last year in 2019, we thought 2019 was so bad. And then, and then they have a comparison. They're saying, well, 2020 isn't too much better than that. Um, I've seen one of, of SpongeBob where he literally takes a piece of paper and on the piece of paper it says, 2020 is going to be better than 2019. And then he throws it into the fire and he's like, he has his hands right here. He's like, yeah, it's hot. Yeah, it's, it's not any better. That's, that's, that's what they're assuming. That's what they're saying. And I sit and I think about it, how powerful and what that truly means. That first and foremost, we would be willing to curse an entire year for our laughter. That we would say 2020 is the worst and there will, be, there will be people who maybe six months from now will come back and say, man, why is my 2020 so bad? Why is this going on? And it's because we chose to curse it at the very beginning of it in a time right now when it looked like things weren't going right. When it looked like things weren't going so well. You see, oftentimes how we choose to decide what is better is based on our current circumstance. What we choose to say, this is better, or this is worse, is so entirely focused on the moment here and right now. For you, maybe in 2019, you said, this is terrible, this is the worst. And now you're here in 2020 and you're looking at the circumstances and you're saying, this is worse. But I also believe that there will be people who right now, who will speak the miracle, who will bless the year, who will come out this year and their businesses will be greater than they could have ever been, who their peace and their happiness will be at a greater place than it's ever been, just because we chose to speak the miracle that our God is undefeated. Our God will never fail us. That our God is better. There is no God that is better than our God. And because our God is better, we as the church are better. And so if you're taking notes the title of the time that we're in right now is The Church is Better. The Church is Better. And so we'll be speaking out of James, the first chapter, verses two through four. I'll give you an, a moment to be able to get there. James is such a powerful book. And even in these verses right here at the very beginning of James, we see how dense and how wise of a, of a book this truly is. And it's really made just a huge impact on my life, even personally reading through James. And this is what James chapter one, verse two says. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, I, I like to pause right here because most of us, you know, we, we've heard the scripture maybe at one point or maybe we haven't, but we've heard it. And so we kind of just breeze over it and we're like, oh, yeah, consider it pure joy when we go through trials. But when I read this, I'm like, wait, what? Wait, I, I'm supposed to consider this joy when I'm going through the trial of a century when I've never even faced something like this? What do you mean consider this pure joy? 
And I think it's so important that, that we actually bring our real emotions and our reality and whenever we're reading the scripture so then it can have the power to transform what's on the inside of us. So then when we get to our trials, we're not like, where's my joy at? We're not like, wait, 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 I, I thought I read about it, but it was because we never truly engaged with the scripture. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, trials? Joy? No way. There's, there's no way. But this is what happens whenever we engage with the Holy Spirit is that then we have joy. We are able to consider it pure joy. The scripture continues and it says this, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance through the testing of our faith. That we walk by faith and not by sight. By the testing of that faith, perseverance is produced. And I want to focus on this portion right here, verse 4. One that truthfully in my personal life, I've kind of skimmed over. I maybe didn't pay too much attention to it. But it says this. It says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Not lacking anything. Let perseverance finish its work. When you look at, think about the word perseverance, what, what it truly means is that it's, it's the persistence in doing something despite the difficulty or the delay in achieving success. And so it's going through a specific situation, no matter um, the, the trials that might come your way. It is going through and pressing on. And in this specific place, James is saying, let it complete its work. Let it continue. And then it says this, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing, that we may be better. That's what he's saying. He's saying that the church might be better. Let the perseverance continue and go all the way through that we might stand and be better. This is so powerful. Because I think oftentimes we, we think about perseverance and we think about getting through something. We think about maybe we finished the race. We think about, oh, well, we're just going to get to the end right there. But I think that, that, that James calls us to look at this word even more intensely. To look at it and say, perseverance doesn't stop whenever the race is over. That's right. You see, a marathon runner, when the race is over, they can say, oh, I'm done. They can just sit down right there. But you still have to realize they still have to walk to their car. I started looking in and, and researching and, and about all of the different things you're supposed to do after you run a marathon. And I was just like blown away. I was like, there's so many different things you're supposed to do. And one of the big things that it was saying was that even two to three days after, you're supposed to go for another run. Now, truthfully for me, I'm like, after I've run the marathon, I am done. I'm not going back. I'm not going out to the street. I'm not going out to the track. Like, no, I am done. I completed it. I'm fine. But as I was reading, I realized that there's actually danger in doing this, especially that can be caused on our own bodies. If we don't choose to continue past what looks like it's the race, what looks like it's the end of it, let perseverance finish. We know that in our own personal lives, when when we get married, each and every one of us could go on to have an amazing wedding. But we also know that there is something called a transition after that, that wedding that goes on, that, that you have to continue to press on through, that the wedding is, is not the end of it, but there's so much more that, that even in my personal life, I've been, I've been going through this, connecting with my beautiful wife, that there's more to it that you have to, you have to go through even further. It's not just an ending place. We know that when we get a job, we don't just get the job and say, okay, I've got it. 
I'm done. I, I don't got to do anything, anything else. No, there's a time of transition that will oftentimes go through that honestly will dictate what the next couple of months or even next couple of years will look like for us through this job. The transition is so very important. And I think that oftentimes we get it so wrong and we, we don't think about the transition. We don't focus on the transition. And we find ourselves getting to the end of something and saying, why isn't this working? And it's because we didn't allow perseverance to continue all the way through, that we might be better. And so I have two ways through perseverance that in our transitions, we can be made better as the church, that we truly are better through perseverance. And the first thing is this. The church is better in our weakness. The church is better in our weakness. You see, this is so counter to everything else that we know. Most of the time we think when you're stronger, then you're better. But actually, the way that it is in Scripture is that it's totally the opposite. You see, 2 Corinthians tells us that God's power is made perfect in our weakness. That His power is made perfect in our weakness. He says this, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And so we have a lot of people out there who are trying to be strong, but not enough people who are willing to be weak. There's not enough people who are willing to go through the transition and say, you know what? This is a weak moment for me. Let me be weak and let me give it over to the God of gods and the lords of lords. We've got to be a people who are just like that or else in our transitions will fail each and every time. Personally, for me, I was driving home from, from work this week and it was a very long day and I was extremely tired and I just thought, when I get home, I'm going to lay out on the couch probably for an hour or maybe 12 and just, you know, just not do anything else. I don't know if you've ever been there before where you're like, I am exhausted. I am done. I'm not doing anything else. And so I called my, my beautiful wife and I was just talking to her on the phone, you know, just love to hear her talk when I'm driving home. And so I was like, OK, yeah, go ahead. You can talk. And I'm just going to listen and just kind of just cruise. And so then, you know, she's talking, she's talking. And then she says a couple of words. She says, by the way, babe. When you get home, can, and at that very moment, just all of my senses just rushed back to me, and my spidey senses started tingling, and I was like, oh my gosh, what's about to happen? What is going on here? Like, like, like all the colors became so much more vibrant, and she's like, it, it, it went in slow motion. I, I kid you guys not. It was like, can you take the trash out? She didn't have a deep voice at all. That's her slow motion voice. So, so she's like, can you take the trash out? And immediately, I was like, no. Like, it just came out of my mouth. And I was like, oh, man, I just said, I just said, no. What, how, why did I just do that? But she, she was so sweet about it. She was like, oh, it's okay, no big deal. And so I'm driving home, and I'm just, like, thinking through the whole situation. I'm like, man, I just got off of work. Like, oh, I'm trying to, like, make it make sense in my mind. Like, I don't need to go three stairs, like, three floors up, get the trash, take it all the way down, out. Like, oh, she's got to understand. Like, I'm getting frustrated. I'm thinking through scenarios in which she's like, you need to take the trash out or something. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, it hadn't even happened yet. And I'm getting frustrated. I'm thinking, hey, when I get upstairs, maybe I'll just do that. Like, oh, man, I'm so tired. And just, like, fall down on the couch. I'm like, oh, babe, come over here. Like, just, let's just chill for a second. Maybe she'll forget. Like, I'm thinking through all of these different things. I'm like getting anxious about it. And I'm like, oh man. And then I had to stop for a second. And I just say, this is a weakness. In this time of weakness right here, I, I was willing to make something that was once mundane, something that was, normal, that was normal, something that I typically did was just take down the trash, affect me in a way that it shouldn't have affect me, affected me. I was, I, was, I was getting frustrated. I was feeling something totally different in this moment of weakness. 
And I had to say, you know what, God, and I, I, I seriously do this. I said, God, help me out. And he reveals to me that, that in moments when I'm weak, oftentimes I'm not the most giving person. That in moments whenever I'm tired and I'm like, I, I feel like I've worked really hard, I, I'm a person who's like, oh, well, that can wait till later. Or you should understand how tired I am. And I have to seek the Lord constantly and say, God, help me in my time of weakness. Because oftentimes in our times of weakness, we can hurt ourselves and we can hurt other people. Jacob, can you come help me out real quick? Jacob is, is bringing up some weights. It's a big man right here. He's strong. Those muscles look big. They look really big. Okay, this looks great. All right, those are 25 pounds, guys. This is, this is no kitty stuff. So I just want you to go ahead and just start curling those. At the same time, how about you doing this? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Wherever his wife is, I'm sure she's like, oh, my gosh. Anyways, so, so, so you're curling it. I love to work out. I love to, to, to hit the gym. And right now, you know, the gyms are closed. And so I like to go for runs. I like to stay healthy. How you feeling? He's getting a little red. Just keep going. You're good. So I, I love to do this. And, and when I'm at the gym, I like to focus on my form. Oh, yeah, keep it going, buddy. You're good. You're good. I like to make sure there's a good form right here. If you're at home right now, pick up a set of 25. I'm, just, I'm totally joking. Don't do that. So, you know, he's, he's going. He's going. Uh, I like to focus on my form. Because if you don't focus on your form, then you look like those dudes who are doing this thing right here in the gym. And you're, hey, yeah, I'm super strong. And they're like, no, you're not super strong. You're just throwing the weights up. So, anyways... You good? Okay, go ahead. Put those down for me. Put those down. And right here, you can stand up. Right here in that very moment right there, that's where most injuries happen. You, you didn't see it. You didn't see it. Go ahead. Pick those up one more time. Just do one more curl for us. Just do one more curl. Both, yeah, both arms right there. All right, now go ahead and put them down. Right there. That right there is where injuries happen the most. And even personally in my own life, it happens in the transition. It happens not whenever I'm midway in and I'm going hard, but it happens when I'm at the end of myself and I'm the weakest and I have to put the weights down. And those very two seconds right then and there, that's where injury happens. That's where the pain takes place. You're good. Thank you so much. That's where it takes place. And I think that if we're not safe, we'll go so hard. We'll go all in. We'll work so hard and we'll think I'm making ground. I'm making ground. And we'll, we'll go to put the weights down. Or we'll go, we'll, go, we'll go back and we'll, we'll put them down and we'll hurt ourselves. Maybe this has been real for you and you worked really hard to get over an addiction. You were working so, so hard and in transition and just went at a moment of weakness when you weren't thinking, you went back to that addiction. I don't know if anybody's ever been there before. Maybe, maybe for you, you were working on your anger. Maybe some of you were really trying to work on your anger and you were really trying to get through it. And just in a moment of weakness, someone said something, someone did something. In the moment of a transition, you raged out and you went back in and you were so angry and frustrated with them. An injury happens. Yeah. Oftentimes in these moments of transition, we can not only injure ourselves, but even the people around us. Maybe it's words that we speak out against someone else. Maybe we get up angry or we get upset. Maybe it's a decision that we make that we, we weren't supposed to make ever at all. We can injure ourselves or we can injure other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's important that in our time of weakness, in our moment of transition, we rely upon the Lord and we say, God, I need you. And for you, maybe this week, what it looks like is it looks like getting with somebody who's going to hold you accountable. I know that that may look weird and it may feel weird, but maybe it's getting with them and saying, hey, help me pray for me at all times. What does it look like for you to rely upon the strength of the Lord? And the second thing 
is the church is better when we are uncomfortable. The church is better when we are uncomfortable. A lot of us, most of us, have been forced into a place of discomfort, maybe over the past couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months. We've all been in a place where maybe we were just uncomfortable. And we find ourselves in these places and lots of times. But I find that in the times whenever I'm most uncomfortable is the time when my God gets to show out. That's the time whenever I put everything I have down and I say, you know what? I can't do it on my own. I only need the Lord and your strength alone. I, I, I can't do this on my own. In these moments of discomfort. But if we're constantly going through our lives trying to escape moments of discomfort instead of embracing moments of discomfort, we'll find ourselves in a stagnant place. We'll find our pla- ourselves not moving forward in our lives. We'll find ourselves frustrated because we, we haven't moved any further. We'll find ourselves in a bitter place thinking, where am I going? We'll find ourselves wrapped up in shame, feeling like we're so ashamed of ourselves that we couldn't get through this. And it's not about you. It's not about your strength. It's not about your mind. It's not about your five-step plan. It's only about giving it over to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and saying, here you go. You are my strength. Take this from me. But we've got to be willing to be uncomfortable. Maybe, maybe for you, you're not the most social person. and You're like, I'm, I'm just going to stay here. I, I don't want to call people. I don't want to encourage people. That seems like it's way out of my element. What I want to tell you is now more than ever, people need your words of encouragement. Yeah. Yeah. People need you to reach out and say, hey, I'm thinking about you today. I love you. Yeah. People need you to, to, to get on and give them a call and say, hey, I have a scripture for you. Maybe, maybe before you, you, were, you were like, man, I, I'm not really the praying type. I don't really pray super well. But here's what I can tell you in this moment right now. It's best that we get outside of that comfort zone and we start praying more than we've ever prayed before. Will you be willing to allow yourself to be in an uncomfortable place that God might get the glory? And stop thinking it's about you and remember that it's all about him and his people. And truthfully, who he's called you to minister to, who he's called you to speak to, who he's called you to love this week. Know that the church is better. Our God is better. That it's about perseverance all the way through, even in the places where we're weak. Because in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. And even in a place where we're uncomfortable, Pray with me. God, I thank you that we're here, right here at this time. God, I thank you that it's not up to us to be in control. I thank you that it's not up to us to have the best words to say. I thank you that that it's not about our own strength, but it's about you and your Holy Spirit going out. God, let us this week remember that we are better. Let us remember that it's your strength and only your strength, God. And let us seek you in times of discomfort, knowing that you are the great comforter. God, we love you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.